Oh, hello there. Welcome back to the Spiritual Tradie Podcast. My name is Dan, obviously the Spiritual Tradie. Uh, on this podcast, I had a chat with Jackie Hives, formerly known as Caduceus Healing, now known as Creator Activator, and we had a really good deep chat. Um, obviously, we got sucked into the COVID stuff that's going on, but without that, like that aside, even including that, right, it's just a really good chat. The great part about this is my microphone on the Zoom call sucked and my my audio was horrible. But the best part is that most of the podcast is just Jackie giving her knowledge and opinion. And so most of it is just great. And so there's a few times where I speak, you can't hear me properly. It's crackly. Just don't worry about it because I don't speak that much, which is even better. So, um, you know, please enjoy this podcast and stick with it through the crackly bits because the rest of it is amazing. Um, much love, everyone. Stay safe out there and uh, love each other. Jackie Hives, how are you? I'm good. Well, for a start, last time we podcasted, I was under the name of Caduceus Healing, which was something we spoke about a fair bit. But now I'm yes. I'm creator activator now. <laughs> creator activator. Yeah. Right. So I'll change. I'll make this episode that. Then it won't be confusing. Yeah. Oh, what's going on? What about the craziest time ever? Huh? It is, it is a crazy time. Um, obviously I've had my bad moments with it as well, but like, honestly, (laughs) it hasn't really affected me that badly. I guess it's, it's up to how you, you know, what you do with it. So I've still managed to work the whole time, exercise every day, see the people I care about. The only thing that I can't do is see my niece because she lives in the country and we're our borders are blocked. Uh-huh. But other than that, I was done with going out pretty much anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Like I actually lost a day of work um, and I managed to save more money than I reckon I did when I was on a full-time wage. So right. it's, it's totally in your mind. Yeah. You know, it's what, sort of like what, what you what would about-, about meditation. It's like staying calm in the storm, you know? Mm-hmm. What about the, uh, the, I guess, you know, I guess things are okay on an individual level, but collectively and, you know, that kind of stuff, it, it's a little bit frustrating to be bombarded with all that information and, and not feel like unable to do anything about it. Right. Uh, yeah, I've definitely, um, had moments where I've, what I call accidentally hooked into the collective Um, and that was not pleasant. That was like, I pretty much, you know, felt as low as a person can feel, which is pretty, like I'm generally happy all the time, but this was like, I had what I would call my first ever panic attack Mm -hmm. and was crying uncontrollably. Like my hands were shaking. My throat was closing over everything because I just thought, you know what it was? I watched some fucking youtube about how doomed everything is and what they want to do to us all and it just sent me spiraling down and i I couldn't breathe it took me like a i mean obviously i have clearing tools and different methods to help myself and even through that it still took me hours to unhook from that and my central nervous system was just so overloaded that 
every little noise was making me jump and yeah, it was mm -hmm. a, a hecker's kind of day. But, um, but other than that, I don't know, it just depends. It's like anything. It depends what you focus on. Like if you focus on the, you know, fuck, we've got to wear a mask and this is bullshit and they're muzzling us. And obviously I do feel that way too. You can look at it like that, or you can look at it like, well, where I work, I don't have to wear one and you don't have to wear one when you're running and I don't have to wear one at home. So in actual fact, the amount of time that I have to wear one is only when I'm in a shop and I only shop once a week for food for about an hour. So really I'm only having to wear it for an hour and I'm not wearing a mask. I point blank refuse to wear a medical mask because I'm not sick and I, <laughs> I think they look fucking ridiculous and scary so I've just been wearing a, <laughs> yeah. I've just been wearing a scarf and you know, it's so funny because yeah. it, it's so obviously, um, what's the word, um, psychological, because as long as you have your nose and mouth covered, nobody could care less what you've got it covered with. <laughs> and it's yes. pretty clear that my scarf is not effective, but then medical grade scarf. Exactly. It's like, it's a Collingwood scarf, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. This isn't yeah. effective for anything other than covering up people that are missing teeth. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's honestly, it's sometimes very scary and infuriating. And at other times it's completely fucking laughable. Yeah. Yeah. It's both at the same time for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, you know, I, I feel like, well, I, I'm generally, you know, like, like yourself, I like to maintain my own little bubble and then let the collective be in a spin all at once. But when I really started freaking out about this stuff was when they started locking people in the housing towers. That was yeah. when I was like, right, they're doing something that is completely not cool here, you know, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger when they, with their, you know, with their, their sense of empowerment or, you know, about implementing controls and then they brought in masks and then they bring in the army and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, what, what, what are we actually talking about? What's the actual threat? You know, like if we look at the statistics and all that kind of stuff, I, don't, I know you don't want to make people statistics, but you know, a lot of old people are dying in aged homes and that's obviously sad, but for the, for the whole shutting the whole 6 million people down for, you know, a few people that are going to die very, very soon anyway. And so they're not, they're not directly COVID deaths. They're COVID assisted deaths in a sense. And totally. so, and so how, you know, how they justify. Well, I mean, from a collective level, you can see that people's greatest fear has been activated. Exactly. And they're, they're basically yeah. willing to do anything. You know, they're like, I've read, I've read somebody comment this and it's like the favorite thing that I've seen so far, which is that, you know, people are so scared of dying that they've stopped living. And it's exactly. true. Like the quality of life now is, it's basically like, you know, like being in a, in a horrible car accident and being on life support and your family having to judge like, you know, their brain damage, their, you know, their quality of life is going to be completely and utterly fucked. Do we do the humane thing and turn mm -hmm. off the life support Um you know, um, and do the kind thing for th that person or do we keep them alive because, for us. yeah, because we're scared to have to face death. And it's like, do you do realize that like, um, every one of us are gonna die and 
you know, everything's dying all the time. And when something dies, something's born. Like it's called the circle of life. <laughs> like I don't yeah. understand why people can't, like can't see that, you know. I mean, I've lost my dad. So I understand that it's easy for, you know, to say that. But I also know what it feels like to lose, you know, somebody close to you. And, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the end of the world. Like, you know, my dad was 62 and, and like, obviously that's earlier than what you would want for your parent, but I still got to spend, you know, 30, well, 29 or 30 years with him. So, and, and a lot of beauty comes after somebody dies as well. Like it changes things in, in their family and everything. And it's like, if, if I had grandparents that were still alive, cause none of them are. And one of them was 90 and they died because they got a flu, but they were already unwell anyway. I'd be like, Oh, they, probably, <laughs> they were probably like, you know, just wishing for something to come along and snap, <laughs> right? you know, because yeah. like what's their quality of life? Just sitting there in an old person's home being fed muck and not being visited by anyone that loves them. That's right. And being drugged up to the eyeballs. So they're like, their quality of life is so shitful. Yeah. And, and that's, that's kind of like what, what it looks like, you know, that, that this disease specifically targets, it goes after um, elderly people and people that aren't looking after their health, you know, and it's not, not to say it's punishing them, but it's a wake up call for everyone else. You know, how we, I saw a, I saw a meme the other day that said it was like, um, you know, in, in regards to like us having to wear a mask and it's not, it's not for you. It's for everybody else's um, health and safety. It's like, okay, so now when I'm shopping or or I'm out and about and I see somebody putting junk in their trolley or eating Maccas, I'm going to go up and smack it out of their fucking hands and say, (laughs) Hey, it's not about you. It's about me. (laughs) You know, you need to be healthy to keep me healthy. Like what, what kind of fucked up world are we living in where you can line up to buy alcohol and cigarettes with a fucking mask on. You know what I mean? And then walk outside. And then walk out. And then walk outside and take your mask off and puff a ciggy. I mean, I don't know where I heard this. I was listening to something today, and they said that um, wherever, like I think, obviously in the in America, where they still have um, like the lethal injection in jails, they still fucking alcohol swab your skin first. It's like. <laughs> What? They're about to kill you, but they care if they get if they so, infect you first. Yeah, so you don't get an infection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so yeah, the, the, the key takeaway is yeah. The, yeah. the key takeaway is for people to eat healthier and get less old. That's all. Oh, I mean, you know what? if you do if you do a lot of energy work and you do eat healthy, mm-hmm. you dramatically, um, you know, stall the aging process anyway. Mm-hmm. But yes. I mean, it's so obvious that the biggest fear collectively is death and aging because look at how many people are fucking their faces with Botox and they look, <laughs> they don't even look like a human face anymore, but as mm-hmm. long as they don't look old, they don't care if they look like Bobo or Catwoman, as long as they don't <laughs> look old. <laughs> like, Really, guys, yeah. wouldn't you rather just get a, a couple of wrinkles? Like, yeah, yeah, mm. it's fucking crazy shit. <laughs> so, what about you? What have you been up to since uh, 
Caduceus healing. How did that transition happen? Okay, so the last time that we did a podcast was nearly exactly two years ago. And I was just about to go and learn a new modality called Spiral. So Uh since then, I, I went and did Spiral. Then I did Advanced Spiral. Then I went to Bali and did a wealth spiral. So you could say that I'm now three times advanced spiral practitioner. Yeah. Um, but I changed my name because when I was away in Bali um, at a retreat that was super crazy, magic, witchy, out of this world shit. Um, was I just, that, I, that, that the spiral retreat? It, it was. It was called wealth spiral, but, um, you know, the word wealth, well, it, it wasn't really about money per se. Mm-hmm. It, but um, you know, we learned a lot of things there and, and did some epic magic, but I just kept getting a very strong message that, um, that that name was just, just out of date with, you know, the upgrades of who I've leveled up to be now. Like uh-huh. yeah, that, yeah. That, that suited my energy back then, but this, you know, this is a new energy and it requires a new name. And plus it was so catchy. And, and I kept like hearing creator activator going, Oh no! Nah, come on, guys. That's like seriously. It sounds like <laughs> sounds like I'm a fucking fruit tingle or something. Like, <laughs> and I kept thinking, are people going to laugh at me if I change my name to that? And then I thought, well, no. The whole point is, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. And in actual fact, it it works out better because because it rhymes, people remember it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, if you're trying to market yourself. And you're trying to market yourself as caduceus healing, which nobody could pronounce and nobody, <laughs> nobody knew what it was. Yeah. It, it, it was very hard to like, you know, so say somebody gets a treatment from me and then they want to pass it on to their friends. It's like, what did you say that girl's name was? Could, 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 what is it? You know? Cassadius, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now it's like easy. It's creator activator, you know? And the reason that I changed it to that actually was because Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I do with the work that I do, but the number one sort of overarching thing I feel that I am passionate about and what I've done for myself through this work is, um, you know, I've taken myself from or unhooked myself from that kind of very victim status, but also employee status that the world is infected with and what we're seeing right now, because, you know, the TV says, you, you know, we we think it's in your best interest if you wear a mask and it's not even mandated yet. And then you go out the next day and literally 95% of people are wearing a mask because the TV said that you should, um, you know, and I was hooked into that matrix, even though I don't think I was, I wouldn't have been necessarily as brainwashed as that, but there's multitudes of ways that you don't realize that you're hooked in until you do some deep diving work and go, whoa, like <laughs> I, I don't even, I don't even know why I believe this. I just do, you know, and you're not even aware that you believe it because you're like the fish swimming in the water that, you know, someone says, Hey, how's that water? And you're like, what water? <laughs> you know, I, I can't yeah. see any water because yeah. I've always been in it. So yeah, I changed my name because I wanted it to reflect what I feel that I do, which is um, teach people how to, be a creator, which is everybody's, I mean, this is going to sound like a, a, an ad or something, but it's everybody, it's everybody's birthright. It really is. And it's, it's what we've all been conditioned from day dot to forget. And we're all, everyone's, you know, walking around in different leveled states of amnesia. And that's why this is called the great awakening 
to those who are aware of that because people are starting to question, you know, it's like there's, I mean, I can't even remember the music, uh, the movie, The Matrix, but it is like there's holes in the matrix and people are going, hang on a minute, this doesn't add up or make sense. So people are starting to question stuff and mm-hmm. remembering that um, that they actually do have power. It's the only reason that the people that are supposedly in government power have power is because we give it to them. You know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. If we all stood up and took it back, oh, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot more of us than there is of them. But yeah. but people are just like, oh my god. But what do you mean, like risk a two hundred dollar fine? Are you joking? <laughs> Um, okay. So $200 could be a lot of money, but at the same time, what, so you're willing to risk, seriously risk your health and your children's health. Cause I've seen people put them on kids that mm-hmm. are not even required to wear them, mm-hmm. um, for the sake of $200, which will probably never get chased up because <laughs> if everybody got a $200 fine, let's face it, they're not going to follow all of you up for it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you simply didn't have $200, well, how can they get it from you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But people don't question these things. They just go, oh, well, that's what everyone's doing. I better do it too because I can't stand out. I've got to be marching in line like an army ant. And, you know, because all it really is is they're terrified to, um, you know, it's it's root chakra stuff. They're terrified not to be part of the tribe because if you're kicked out of the tribe, everyone might, you know, look at you and stare and say horrible things. And it's like, guys, we're, we're not going out anymore anyway. We're fucking locked up in, in our own home. So who gives a shit what anyone thinks of you? Because you, you can't even see your own family. Why do you give a fuck what the general public think of you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. It's like the, the, the amount of people that know better that are good people, that are loving people, that do stupid, that are doing this stupid thing just to conform to what the government's saying or the media is saying without standing in their truth. They know it doesn't align with what they feel inside Absolutely. and they're just going and doing it. It's 200 bucks is, is a very cheap amount, like a cost to show that you would be seen, like we'll be able to see, okay, you're not doing it, I'm not doing it. It's because we're not being brainwashed to believe that we're sick when we're not sick. You know, exactly. We are taking measures. I'm more more concerned with people infecting me with their illness of fear than I am about getting any sort of illness because I know that I'm extremely healthy. And even even if there is a virus, which you know, from my understanding, doesn't actually go around the way that they have conditioned us to believe that it does. But Mm -hmm. even if it did, I know that my body is very intelligent, very healthy. And that I would know how to, how to help myself and that it probably wouldn't make me as sick as, you know, um, having to be on a ventilator. Well, I've read a lot of stuff from people who seem to know what they're talking about, that the ventilators is what's actually killing people. So, you know, I mean, I was born at home and I've never taken an antibiotic in my life and I'm 39 and a half. And what do you know? I'm still fine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like the healthiest person that I know. And I've really never needed, you know, anything from the medical, like, obviously it's there if you really need something, but I haven't needed it and I'm, I'm still fine. But yet people will, will probably, by the time this, you know, vaccination for, for the Rona comes about, if I, you know, I definitely won't take that, but people will be, once they learn that about me, will be saying that I'm, 
I'm a, a, a disease and a germ and this and that, like they do with children. And it's like, do you, you do realize that the vaccination has the, the virus in it? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So if I haven't had it and I'm healthy, how can I possibly? And, and again, you know, if you believe that those things are effective, then why are you terrified if I don't do it? <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly right. Same with the mask, same with the vaccine, exactly. you know? I mean, for me, I just think live and let live. Like, you know, yeah. I don't agree with a lot of things that people do, but if it's not affecting me, I just let it roll over me because I couldn't really care less what anybody does because mm-hmm. I want to be free to make my own choices and do what makes me happy. And I think everybody should be able to do that. But yeah. people, people that are deeply entrenched in fear, you know, it, it's, they're just so deeply triggered that they'll do anything to, you know, get you on. Yeah. But it's also because yeah. misery loves company. So they're in a very painful place and they're feeling very confronted. So, you know, it's very triggering for them to see somebody like you or I walk around being happy and carefree and, you know, not covering our face and, and being fine about it. It th- That triggers them because, you know, yeah. like they don't have that authority within themselves to say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to do that thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's scary. It's terrifying because they, you know, they, since, since they were little, so say you go to childcare and then from childcare, you go to kinder and then primary school and then high school, and then you start working full time. A lot of these people have never had an original thought in their head because everything has been, (laughs) I, I mean, it though. They have been told what to do ever since they were a baby. They've been told when to eat, when to work, when to sleep, you know, when to watch TV. And they're just like... And they're, and they're, not, they're not very spiritual either, right? Well, I mean, every, <laughs> everybody is spiritual to some degree as much as they, you know. They're just, they're they're just not aware of it. Yeah, but hey, there's plenty of spiritual people that are like that too. And I mean, (laughs) like I still work full time, so I'm not saying that I'm exempt from it because I'm not. Yeah. The difference is the awareness of it. You know, the awareness that just because somebody tells you that you have to do something doesn't mean Mm. you have to actually do it. Like you can say, no, thank you. But you know, nobody's ever been taught um, how to listen to what feels right in their own body and how to have boundaries and say no. And you know, it's, it's, we're not just conditioned by schools and, and works to be good little, little employees. It's also TV, like, you know, mm-hmm. even, you know, kids shows and, and movies, they're all, they're all doing it on some level that people don't realize, but it's this little chipping away that can continues on for yes. forever and ever. And, you know, and now when something like this happens, it's clear to see who is brainwashed and yeah. who you know, and who questions things like maybe some of what they say is right, but maybe it's not, but don't you want to just sit there and think about what resonates and take what does and leave what doesn't rather than just be spoon fed every single thought as yours? Yes, absolutely. That's what scares me. It's mm-hmm. terrifies me to see people walking around brainwashed doing as they're told and not thinking about the fact that if, if there's a terrible virus around, maybe you shouldn't be eating like the junk that you're walking around eating or, 
you know, whatever it may be, like you need to get out and get some sunshine and eat some healthy food and do some grounding and stuff. But nobody ever mentions that stuff. It's the only way to health is to vaccinate yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The only way. <laughs> and to isolate yourself and to cover yourself up and to hide from, from a germ. And there's no other way. There's no other way to be healthy. The real, the real tragedy here is like the the number of suicides that are going on because people are isolated and you know they're unable to reach out to anybody because we're not to come near each other. It's terrible. Like humans need connection. They need human touch as well, like to to hug and all those sorts of things that feel like that's why people love going to concerts. And, you know, um, even like if you go to a yoga festival and you do a yoga with like a hundred people or a mass meditation with that many people, something about it amplifies the energy so much because you're all just happy to be together and be connected. And that is powerful. And no wonder they want us to stay apart from each other because we're too mm-hmm. powerful together, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, as I said, most people wouldn't view it that way. So I keep a lot of my thoughts to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's scary, it's scary for me because, you know, like I said, to see a lot of people and I know, I know my, my Instagram feed is biased because a lot of people that would follow me would be more open-minded than other, other areas. But when you see 50, 50 out of 55 people vote for let's open things back up and, and live life normally and, you know, let things fall where they may, but then they like we're still still conforming to the 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 fear mentality of the government and the media. It, it makes you sort of see like, oh, this is how you know this is, this is an extreme example, but this is how you get to a Nazi Germany where you just follow you just follow cut by cut by cut, and Absolutely. death by a thousand cuts gets you to this place where everybody's too afraid to to speak out against the people that are too afraid, you know, and everyone's just conforming to the narrative, even though they don't feel that it's right. So people are being, you know, carted off to the gas chambers and everyone doesn't agree with it. But by this time, because they didn't take any steps earlier to stand up against it, it's now gotten out of hand and now no one can stop the, the, the tyranny that that's being created. And I see the seeds of that in, in not standing up against people being locked in their homes, in towers, in, in, uh, in Melbourne and then having separate suburbs locked down from others and then now seeing the whole of um, Victoria being fenced off from the inside yeah. and you see like that it was diff- we're being treated differently, we're being segregated and it's being made okay to treat this part of the society one way, to treat this part of society differently and even the people that disagree with it are going along with it, I don't think we should be. You know, I think we should be collectively standing up and saying, hey, you know, Sure, we can do some things to help, but there's, this isn't 100% true what you're telling us. The information isn't all there. Um, what, you know, wearing a scarf isn't protecting anything. It's not scientifically proven. These things like that, you know, that, that I worry about because where it leads to, you know. Definitely. But, I mean, I've got two, two ways of thinking about that. And the first one, which is the quickest one to explain, is that, you know, like I don't agree with it, but I also, I also don't want to waste a lot of my personal energy trying to go to a shop and being held down or held out of going in there by police or whatever and fighting people that are just not going to hear what I'm saying, whether I'm quite within my rights to speak up about it or not. There's, 
there's a part of me that's an activist when the time feels like completely right and I won't be shut down because I, I feel that I have to, you know, say what I have to say because I'm very passionate about it. And then there's a time where I'm like, look, I don't, I don't want to wear this bullshit and I think it's stupid, but I also just want to fly under the radar because as I said, I'm not really wearing it that much anyway. I just want to go and get my shopping. I also know that where I go shopping, which is Terra Madre organic wholesale shop, the best shop ever. But I also know that a lot of those people probably don't, the people there working there probably don't agree with it either, but they don't want to get shut down. And I appreciate the fact that they're staying open because if they shut down, I can't get my organic produce because you know, you can't get what I buy there anywhere else. And and I need that for my health. And so it becomes a, you know, a bit like picking your battles. Like I care, my top priority is my, my own personal, it might sound selfish, but it's my health because if I'm not healthy and I'm not feeling full and, and, you know, vibed up to the best level, I can't help anybody else. And I do help a lot of people paid or unpaid, but I have to look after myself first so that I've got plenty to give. If mm-hmm. I go down, then I am, you know, potentially rippling that out to the people that I could have helped. But if I'm useless to them, then, you know, it's, it fucks up the whole system. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a part of me that just thinks like, you know, I'm just gonna, just gonna take the piss and do this for now because I need to get my shopping, but you know, I'll go for a run and I'll go for a walk and I'm not going to wear it then. And if you're going to report me to the police and they've got the time to drive out to the middle of nowhere that I'm walking or running in just to tell me to put a mask on, then fuck, there must be no crime happening anywhere in Melbourne right now because that's, you know, I mean, it happened to my friend. She was at the park the other day and somebody actually called the police on her and her children for being at the park. And it's like, really, that is so sad that that's what the world has come to. And, and they were just, I don't and even the police know. They, came? they came and they were actually very lovely and said, you know, look, we had to come because it, we were called, but, you know, just move on and make sure you wear a mask as of tomorrow sort of thing. So they were just doing what they were told because, you know, they're just little minions as well. But anyway, so there's that way of looking at things. And then there's the other side of looking at things that um, I also believe that a lot of this stuff is going on and whilst painful is happening for good reason, because there's going to come a point where it, it tips and it's Mm. not, and it's not, you know, because for so long everybody's been living this sort of mediocre life where they can only sort of earn so much and only have this amount of, um, you know, land to have a property on and whatever else. And, you know, I do believe that, that there is going to come a time when all of that changes. Um, well, I fucking hope so anyway, because that's what's (laughs) keeping me afloat. Um, but I have, you know, uh, the thing is I've watched and listened to, people from all different angles, whether it be spiritual, whether it be um, people that are talking from like uh, conspiracy type stuff. And some of it resonates and some of it makes me feel, you know, a bit scared. And then, but the overarching thing that I keep on hearing is about this great awakening is that, you know, people that I know that I I know really well who are, um, you know, have no reason to say this to me, but 
it's multiple people have said, oh, I've been meditating for all my, you know, since I was in my say early twenties. And so for 20 years, I've been, you know, I've been getting the message that this time was coming and that it's nothing to be scared of. Like it's, it's actually an exciting time for the planet, but it's, you know, it's like anything. If you go through any kind of healing, you have like a detox first where the body's got to rid itself of the shit that you've been hanging on to. And that's what's happening out there on a big scale. Like Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fear and a lot of oppression that people are unaware that's been residing within them and their ancestors for such a long, long time. And it's now coming up to be dealt with and dealing with anything when it comes to healing. People think healing is like, you know, oh, you just lay down and you have a massage and it's beautiful and you see angels. Fucking bullshit. In, in, you know, I've done a lot of healing on myself and I've done a lot of healing with other people. And the real good stuff is is painful and very confronting and it's uncomfortable. And that's why you never dealt with it before because it's uncomfortable, you know, but it's, it's like anything. It's, it's, you know, if you were trying to quit heroin, you don't just suddenly wake up and you're free of heroin because, you know, yesterday you thought it'd be a good idea. You got to go through that horrible, you know, week or two where you're practically dying and then you come out Mm -hmm. the other side, but it's like, it's, it's also like a test of, of wills. Are you strong enough to, to, to get through what, you know, could be your darkest hour, Mm -hmm. but at the other side of that dark tunnel is going to be the best life that it's better than anything that you thought you were living up until this point. But you know, you've got to get to a point where you're, you're so sick of whatever it is that you're doing right now that you're willing to, go to battle to get to the other side, you know, like nobody climbs Mount Everest and says that it was a piece of piss. <laughs> it's hard and you could potentially die, <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of people do die on the way up because, you know, they just weren't ready for it, but w- whatever, like you have to be prepared. And anyway, any sort of healing is death because you, you're leaving behind old parts of yourself and that can be painful because it also means leaving behind, you know, old relationships that, you thought were going to be forever and they may not be coming to the new version of you, you know? So, Mm -hmm. but anyway, I watched this thing the other day um, and I've been trying to get everybody to watch it because it out of uh, look in the last, you know, six months, I have never, ever, ever, and I love YouTube and podcasts, but I've never consumed so much fucking information as I have in the last (laughs) six months you know, because we're just getting information thrown at us from everyone and sundry. But this single thing that I watched, and I don't even know where I found out about it, but it was, you know, probably a link in, in a comment on a thread that I was following about fuck knows what. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do. I go down a wormhole, you know, because I like to know what yep. the people what people really think, not just what the media tells us the people think, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's called Project Looking Glass. And whoever is hearing this, please just go and look it up or contact me and I'll send you the link because um, it was really compelling and I'm probably not going to do it the greatest of justice by trying to explain it. So I'll just skim over it as best I can. Yeah. It was basically like, um, like some sort of, uh, it, it's not a time machine per se. It's not, you get in a machine and you travel to the future. It's not like that. It's more like, some sort of device where you can put in 
multiple like streams of information and it will show you where the timeline is likely to end up right mm-hmm. and again i'm i'm not very scientific so i'm probably not explaining it the greatest of ways but basically the the people that were talking about this stuff well what you know are allegedly whistleblowers that have worked in um high up places in i don't know government or um other various who knows cia i don't know um i can't remember is what i should say um yeah. and they were saying that you know the the upper echelon elites of the world that have more money than we could ever dream of are using this machine, which is called, I think the machine is called the looking glass and they use it to sort of map out what's because they have technology that we don't know about, like that, you know, because if we had this technology that we, we wouldn't stay as oppressed as everybody is. So people that have got a lot of money and power, they know about things that we we haven't yet been privy to. Um, And that's not that hard to imagine when you consider Mm -hmm. that we've only been holding iPhones in our hands for the last, what, 10 or 15 years. I mean, no one would have dreamed that we would be using an iPhone the way that we do now. Um, Anyway, so they put all this information in there and it's because they, they, they wanted to know, I guess, where, you know, what would happen if they did futures in many different ways and no matter which way they put the information in the timeline still ended up in the same place which this was recorded in i think 2018 or something or even prior 2012 i think it was and the the end result was always coming to the exact same place which is exactly where we are right now which is you can the majority of people are going to wake up and break out of the bullshit. And, Mm -hmm. and it kind of, you know, no matter which way they looked at it, they couldn't deny that like that this time is coming. So essentially what they're trying to, I don't know who they are, but you know, the people that control everything, Mm -hmm. I guess, but what they're basically trying to do is they know that they can't stop this time but they will do everything they can to prolong it as long as they possibly can. Because when people wake up to the many things that we've been lied about for so long, you know, their time of living life, how they were living it is going to be over and our time is going to be starting and that's not what they want, Mm -hmm. obviously. So they're going to prolong it however they can. And one of the ways is to scare us all with, an apparent deadly virus and lock us in our houses and whatever else it may be. And there's, you know, there's basically whenever you see anything on TV about fucking Kim Kardashian or one of those type of people, you can bet your ass that they're trying to distract you from something else that's really going on. And that's what I feel about the whole locking up of people in towers in Melbourne. Like, obviously I thought that was horrific and I couldn't believe that there were plenty of people out there that thought that that was okay. It's like, mm-hmm. really? You think it's okay? Yeah. If it's not happening to you. Yeah. You know how, like, where is your empathy gone that you can't possibly for a moment, imagine yourself being in that situation because it's so far removed from the situation you're living in. But geographically it's, it's like, 20 minutes down the road. It could happen to you. It happened there. No one there thought it was going to happen, you know, but then I've also seen, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then yeah. I've also seen that there's multiple things going on behind the scenes there that we also are unaware of. And look, I don't know exactly what to believe, but um, I hope that all of it is for a greater reason than than what we're being told. And I don't believe a lot of, or I don't believe anything about what we're told in media. So now's no different. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. um, yeah now's no different. And, you know, and there's, there's so many people like that are basically risking a lot for themselves by going into hospitals and stuff and, and going into emergency rooms and doing live videos and going like, so where are all these people that are allegedly, you know, taking over because we've got so many cases. It's like, then there's not even anybody there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and, and good on those people because they really are risking a lot to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank God people like that exist because that's what's waking up so many people is that shit doesn't add up. And even people that believe pretty much most of it are still questioning a lot mm-hmm. of narratives because people are just sick of being told what they can and can't do all the time, you know? Yeah. One of the, one of the biggest giveaways is when, whenever the media, um, the mainstream media like tries to point at someone and say conspiracy theorist, their, their bizarre conspiracy claims. It kind of makes you think, well, that's probably who I should be listening to then because I know that you're not going to tell me the truth, you know? So it's it's crazy. But what about, what about you? Let's go back to you. We keep getting, we keep getting on, on, on. Getting sucked into the COVID wormhole. I know, but it's, you know, it's such a big topic because it's affecting not just not just you know everyone hears lies but like globally it's affecting everyone so i guess it's hard to ever have a conversation that doesn't somehow involve it but what about me so anyway uh excuse me me. before before we continue hello before we continue can you please put your mask back on (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll put my um pretend mask on sure um yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, since I went and did spiral training two years ago, well, yeah, my life has completely changed. I mean, um, all basically all of the things that I always wanted have now come to be, which, you know, like maybe they would have anyway, but there was a long time of me chipping away, getting absolutely nowhere, no matter what I did. And then this stuff seemed to really, um, just most of all, I became extremely connected to my own higher self and I now live my life based off of, you know, my own inner knowing and mm-hmm. life, life is just, yeah, magical. Like some of the stuff that like sometimes my best friend and I will be talking and we'll both be like, you know, I can't believe that this is like our life that we're talking about now, that this is the life that we're living now when like two years ago we would never have dreamed of this or it's something that we both would have wanted for ourselves, but we just couldn't see how it was possible if we kept going down the same trajectory that we were going on, you know? Um, but then also we, we had no other, yeah. we just couldn't see of any other way of doing things because from our point of view, we were doing everything we could, but, um, and I'm not saying spiral is the only thing in the world that can help you because there's multiple things that can, but for me, it, um, yeah, it just basically unhooked me from deeply held beliefs and conditioning and 
just all of the ways that I've been kept small or quiet or, um, you know, like humble, which is a, a word that I completely have issues with because, you know, humble is a way of keeping people small so that you don't outshine anybody else. And it's, you know, it's such rubbish because if we all just shone as brightly as possible, we would not only make the world brighter, but we'd also be inspiring the people that aren't shining to, Hey, I want some of that. How do I get to where you are? You know, rather, rather than the everything it seems we're doing it the opposite way around. We're all keeping ourselves small to make the small people feel better about being small. It's like, no, wouldn't you rather people like pull people up to your level rather than take yourself down to keep everybody down? It doesn't sound like, yeah. you know, the way to keep the, to <laughs> elevate, you know, the general population, which is what I, what I try to aspire to do, you know? Um, do you, yeah, so, do yeah. you have a, do you have a, like, if you care to share yeah. um, some, some, uh, one of the blocks, one of the biggest, biggest blocks that you feel has shifted that um, and, and how that shifted for you? And if you care to share that? Uh, one of the biggest, I mean, there's a few, <laughs> um, but probably, I guess the biggest thing, maybe the biggest thing is the relationship thing, because I had, well, I'm 39 now and I had been single for 15 years, which, you know, if you were maybe in your fifties or sixties, 15 years is pretty, maybe pretty normal, but I don't know many people who are in their thirties that can say that they were single for 15 years. Um, in fact, I've never met anybody that could say the same and it's not a badge of honor. Believe me, there were many times where I was like, this is fucked. Why is this my journey? Why am I fucking stuck with this, you know, shit? Um, but yeah, like I obviously had had relationships before that. Um, and I don't know, it's just one of those things that eluded me and I, and I never understood why. And you look, it's like anything, it was completely multifaceted. So I'm not going to go into all the many different layers of why, but, um, all I knew was that I was looking for something, uh, very conscious and very, you know, like a new paradigm of relationship that I, it's a concept that I'm aware of. It's not one that I see, uh, demonstrated around me all that often, but when I do, I, you know, I sort of take a, like a mental snapshot of, you know, universe. That's, that is what I'm looking for. That kind of thing, you know? Um, but I just, it didn't seem like that was coming into my, um, my world. And I didn't understand why, because, you know, it seemed to me that everybody else could easily just attract a relationship and why couldn't I, you know? Um, but there were, but there were so many, so many things to look yeah. at. Sorry, you cut out a bit then. So I'm not sure if I spoke over you, if I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think you're actually frozen. <laughs> Elsa, come back. <laughs> You're totally frozen on the screen. Uh-oh. I don't know if you can hear me. I can see you, but you're frozen. No, you're right. You're right. Oh, I, now, I can, now I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. So um, anyway, I had to do a, a, a lot of work. And then when I thought that I had done a lot of work, I then had great awareness and understanding of a lot of things. And then I needed, uh-oh. Am I still recording because I can't see you anymore? 
Yes. Anyway, so what I was saying was, um, yeah, I, I, like I did so many different things to, to get to the place of being exactly where I needed to be to meet the right person, I guess. Um, and then like, even when I did meet that person, I didn't, there was still a part of me, you know, that was going, there's no way that that's the guy for me. Like just no way, you know, I was totally judging a book by its cover and just, you know, like looking like silly reasons why it couldn't possibly be him, but I couldn't deny that I was attracted to him on a very different level than I was ever used to, which was an energetic level, which, you know, I mean, yeah, I thought he was attractive physically, but just not my type, you know? Um, but energetically there was something that was just very strong pull to him. Um, and then of course, you know, when things did start to happen with us, it wasn't like, um, you know, you meet the right person and life's just a fairy tale and you're fucking done and everything's perfect. It certainly wasn't. It was like, um, so then there was more work to do, you know, it was, you know, because then it triggers other things in you that you were unaware of because there was nobody there triggering them before, you know? So it's been, it's been a lot of, a lot of work, but how it all came about, if I had to put it down to, you know, something sort of succinct would be to say that getting deeply, deeply in touch with my higher self is what, what, and, and being very connected to my heart and listening to it is what has made the difference in not just that area, but all areas of my life in terms of, I, you know, I've spent my whole life going to psychic readers, kinesiologists, Reiki healing, this, that, and the other thing. And they've all been brilliant. They've all helped me to get where I've got to, but everything that they've ever told me, some of it, I just would hear the same thing from different people and just never really take it on. So essentially I was paying people to give me a message. I, I could have just given myself, but I didn't want to hear it. But then at the same time, yeah. you know, uh, I, I was asking for people outside of myself to help me when from my understanding, my higher self knows how to help me better than anybody because it is me, but it's the me that can see the bigger picture. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've been teaching people recently, I've been doing these things called heart wall clearing and I've been teaching people that, you know, how to distinguish the difference between what your mind is telling you to do and what your heart is telling you to do and how they can feel the subtle differences. And the more that they practice listening to their heart, the more that they will begin to trust it. And, you know, there were times when I met this guy where my heart was telling me one thing and my head was completely and utterly disagreeing. And the head is very strong. The mental is extremely strong. You know, it's 39 years of, of thinking a certain way. And basically my heart would just go, well, okay, good story, Jackie. You can do it that way if you want to, but you're going to keep on getting what you've always got. You know, if you want, if you want, the life you say you want, um, you got to listen to me. And, and I did, I, every step that my heart told me to take, even when I, my, like my whole body was like, I really don't want to do this. My heart would go, just trust me, trust me. You, you know, I, I know what, like it, it was almost like, it was almost like 
um, another version of me. So it's not like I'm hearing some alien outside of myself, it's, <laughs> you know, but again, it wasn't like it just suddenly started talking to me. It was like, you know, I've been doing this work for a long time to get to this point. So I asked Jackie here if the heart wall method was a spiral technique or a different one. It's not. It's actually um, from the Emotion Code, which I think is a book written by uh, Bradley, Dr. Bradley Nelson. Um, yeah. But I've just started doing it sort of my own method in a way that sort of just dropped in intuitively and as I go. Um, and it seems to be giving people good, re- you know, really good results, but also it's, I believe, what the world is needing right now is to... And- you know, disconnect yeah how does that work how does it work is it like multiple sessions is it one session no no it's only one session and i think that's also why it's so um digestible for people right now is because it's one session it's a one-off payment you know non-committal and it's not like a payment that continues on and on it's one one time and you can get some really good results from it and it's not something where i want you to be coming back to me all the time needing my help because I'm your guru and you can only do it if you are in touch with almighty Jackie. It's not like that. I'm, I'm actually, you know, disconnecting you from all of the noise out there and plugging you back in to your own truth and resuscitating your heart. That's always been with you and has always wanted to lead you in the right direction. But you know, you've been, you've been taught not to trust it. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting people back, or I believe putting people back in touch with that innate, um, you know, inner knowing that everybody has got, everybody was born with and yeah, we can all do it. Um, you just, yeah. you know, sometimes need to, I think also a lot of people level up really quickly when they hear stories of how you've done things um, because you're not just reading something out of a book that you can sort of resonate with, but you have no real world, um, you know, yeah. Like you, you know, a lot of, like I've had somebody say to me recently, and I'm sure this is the case for more than one person, but um, that they, they can see that all the work that I have done and that I do with others does work because they've actually watched me change over the past two or three years. And they can see that if it, if it, if it's possible for me, it's possible for them. And it's like, exactly. That is exactly the point is that it's possible for all of us. You just need Mm -hmm. to be, um, you know, guided on how, and then, you know, sky's the limit. Like you you can create whatever you want. Hence why I'm the creator activator because I activate (laughs) the the creator in you. I activate the natural creator in you. That's what I want to do because that's how I change my life in so many ways. So yes, in answer to your question, the biggest thing I changed is I I wanted to be in a relationship, but I also really wanted to be in, in the kind of relationship I wanted, which is not one that I see around me, you know, very often. It's not what I see in movies. It's not, you know, it, I wanted a very specific kind of relationship that I haven't seen much of, but I knew was possible. Um, and, you know, that's exactly what I'm in now. Like, but for 15 years, it eluded me. So, you know, so many times people have said to me, so why do you think you were single for that long? And it's like, oh, 
you know, I don't know, but if I had a bit known how to change it earlier, I fucking would have because believe yeah. me, I enjoyed aspects of being single, but of course I'm like anybody, you know? Um, but then also there was, you know, with the heart wall clearing, it was that not wanting to be vulnerable enough to admit that, yeah, I actually would really love to be, um, to have somebody in my life, you know, it's like, no, no, Jackie's strong and powerful and she can just soldier on and she doesn't need anybody. She's Shearer, you know, it's like, um, you know, but you can still be all of those things as well and still have a supportive partner, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. not, not because I thought that having a partner would make my life, um, perfect or better. Um, it's more that, you know, I'm already living a fantastic life and that, that, two people, fantastic people coming together can only make life, you know, double fantastic. And why would you limit yeah. yourself to just one type of good when you could have? <laughs> why, yeah. why only have one fantastic when you can have double fantastic? Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> so yeah, that's probably the biggest thing, I guess, but, um, but it's not the only thing like, you know, I, I changed my body shape dramatically, which, you know, I would, I'd been doing all of the right things for a long, long time. And, um, and, and in fact, it wasn't that my body was, my body was changing when I was doing all of those things, but it was changing in the, in a bad way. It was no matter how healthy I ate, no matter how much I exercise, which I love exercise. So it's not like a punish or anything, but I was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I couldn't understand why. And, um, I'm not, I probably didn't speak about this last time because I wasn't aware of it yet, but it was, oh, I maybe spoke about it a little bit, but there was so many different reasons for why, and none of them had anything to do with the things that I was doing on a day-to-day basis, like the way that I was eating or the way that I was exercising, you know, in fact, I probably ate far cleaner then than I eat now, but the Mm -hmm. difference is now I have a relationship with my body and I'm not fighting it. I'm not against it. I'm not judging it. I have full acceptance of it. And we work together the way that I work together with my heart. And that intelligence within my body means that if I feel like I want to eat something that is, you know, bad for you or naughty, like a fucking Kit Kat or whatever, I know that my body can handle that because, you know, I give it, organic fresh produce 80% of the time. So one Kit Kat's not gonna, you know, and okay, let's be honest. I never just have one, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) and it's not just on occasion. It's like every day, but (laughs) the point is before I did spiral, I had so many different physical ailments and allergies and, you know, like I was intolerant of many different kinds of foods and things like that. And now Uh, there's literally nothing that I can't eat. I can have anything and none of it has an adverse effect on me because some of it was due to conditioning from my mom and from, um, you know, well-meaning health books and whoever else I've followed and stuff, because again, that's their narrative and you're taking on a dogma of, of sorts, even though it's intended to be positive, nobody knows how you're going to take that on in your own body Um, And then there was other multifaceted things such as, you know, um, my mum is very, uh, very hateful of anybody who is even slightly overweight. And so somewhere in my timeline, I've lodged it into my brain that I'm going to rebel and prove her wrong, that Mm -hmm. 
you don't have to be thin to have a great life, you know? And so somewhere in there as a younger person, I've, you know, decided that I'm going to prove her wrong and forgotten that I made that, you know, mental construct and then made it come to life, you know, because I was constantly arguing with my mom about things like that because she used to say horrible things about people on TV that were on Biggest Loser or whatever, and it deeply triggered me. And now I know why, you know. Um, no. But yeah, so so my body's changed. My relationship status has changed. My relationships with my friends and family have changed um, because I spiraled all of them. Um, <laughs> not, not, not just because of that. I don't mean, it's not true. It's yeah. also because yeah. I have changed a lot. Um, and also my relationship with my mum has changed. And that was a huge, big issue in my life. Um, because, you know, I mean, obviously she's my mom, she's my only last standing parent, but you know, no matter how much your mum pisses you off or upsets you, you're still going to always love her and you're still going to always be there for her and see her as much as you can because she's your mum. So she's like the ultimate trigger that you can't run from. <laughs> that's why people that's why kids become you know your trigger because you you love them and you can't just go you know what had enough of your shit and i'm just gonna leave you now for the rest of your life you wouldn't do it yeah. you know? so it's the same with your mum. like you know a lot of the stuff that she was triggering me with was only really hitting those um those painful parts in myself because they were areas i needed to work on and now that i've I'm not saying that I'm done and, and done this. <laughs> I'm saying that I've done that a lot. Been finished. Yeah, mate, I'm done. I've clocked this game. <laughs> I get to leave now. Um, yeah, like, uh, you know, a lot of the things that, that, that I have worked on now because she doesn't, because those things aren't already in me and painfully waiting for somebody to just trip the switch, mm. she can't trip them anymore, but also she's also done spiral. So she has changed a lot. And also I have done what, um, the other thing that I do as an advanced spiral practitioner, and this is not a paid ad for spiral at all, <laughs> but it is my passion. And it is, you know, what I do and it's, and, and I believe in it obviously deeply, but the next stage after you've been through a spiral program is that you can then do what's called a quantum clear. Um, and that is based off of John D. Martini's work um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, um, basically all about the way that you put somebody either on a pedestal or in a pit. And, you know, um, I've quantum cleared the first two that you must do when you first do them is mum and dad, because they're your biggest influence in your life. And they pretty much represent the masculine and the feminine in all aspects of life and all people that you meet and relationships that you have. And then because I did the training at the training, we did mum, dad, uh, uh, Jesus and the devil. And the irony was that I thought that I would have nothing when it came to Jesus or God, because I wasn't brought up religious. And in actual fact, it was probably one of the biggest things I did the whole time I was in the training there, because I didn't realize that even though I wasn't brought up religious or my mum was and all of her ancestors were, and it runs very, very deep. And, you know, you don't realize that even though you're not actively living a religious life, you're still controlled by a lot of the dogma that goes with it. And you're unaware that you are, you just sort of, 
you just are without knowing it, you know? Um, but then since yeah. then I've done quantum clears on, um, you know, significant people in my life on archetypes on, um, which is the archetypes were how I brought a relationship into my life because I was watching, fuck, what's that show that I love called Outlander. And I decided that I was completely in love with the main character, Jamie, and that, that he was the kind of guy that I really want in my life, except that this story is set way back in like the 1800s or something. It's like, where am I going to find a guy like this in, <laughs> in 2020, you know? Um, but I, I started naming him the warrior gentleman. That's, and so he became an archetype you know, a representation of a person that I wanted. And so I quantum cleared this archetype um, and then had some huge uh, new awakenings in myself of realizing that, you know, that that's actually who my dad was. And I didn't, and all my life, I didn't realize that, you know, what I really want is a guy who's just like my dad. And it's like, I know that sounds obvious now, but I, I, mm-hmm. I only ever went for guys that had the, the negative aspects of my dad in them. Um, and it wasn't until I did a lot of deep work and actually seeing the positive aspects in my dad that I have now brought in a guy who is very much like my dad, but all of the good parts of my dad, you know, I'm not saying he's a yeah. saint or an angel, but uh, yeah, he, he's definitely, <laughs> he, he's pretty close to it. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so like basically what a quantum clear is, is that, you know, we have, you know, if I was to look at you, Dan, as a person in my mind, I have many perceptions of who you are, but none of them, yes. none of them are, 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 are who you really are. They're who I think you are. And so whether we look up to somebody that, you know, we think is uh, completely amazing or there's somebody that has deeply hurt us, whether it be an ex-partner or an abuser or something, we're holding them in our mind as something that we are not. So if you're looking up to somebody and, and, you know, glorifying them, it's because you believe it's like, like with celebrities, it's because you believe that they have something special that you don't, that's unattainable and it's untrue because it is, if it exists in them and you can even recognize it, it absolutely exists in you, but you just don't know how to access it. And that's what a quantum clear does. But on the same token, there'll always be negatives in every person that you're perceiving as well. And so what you do is you, you work out what all of these positive and negative traits are, and then you, um, you own them as, yours so that people are free to just be who they actually are rather than who you think they are. So when it comes to my mum, was it that mum was a horrible, nasty person suddenly turned good? Or was it that I thought she was a horrible, nasty person? And when I dropped that projection of who I felt she was, the lines between us became a lot cleaner and clearer and more open because she is only going to resonate up to the energy of who I have projected her to be. So when she's with me, she will play the role of whoever I have made her out to be because energetically that's what she will resonate to. So essentially you're clearing, you're clearing your own shit, but you're also allowing the, the energy between you and another to, dissipate so that you're both just free to be 
to be <laughs> really, you know, and, and, and it improves relationships very dramatically, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it basically just gets you to the place I think we all would like to be in, which is just acceptance of what is rather mm-hmm. than, who you could be and fretting about, you know, if only my mum could be the kind of mum that, you know, wants to go out to dinner with me and wants to hug me and kiss me. And and I don't have that relationship with my mum, but does that mean that she doesn't love me? No, she loves me a lot and she shows me in her own ways. And instead of projecting the ways that I wish that she would be, I just accept the way that she is. And that's all down to the the, the clearing work that I've done, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's, there's yeah, there's been multiple different so, things that I've been doing. <laughs> how do people find you yeah. uh, under your new business name? Under your new uh, yeah. name? So I have a website which is creatoractivator.com, or I am on Instagram mm-hmm. as you know at creatoractivator, and it, that's it really. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm pretty responsive, so hit me up. <laughs> you're all, you're all, on, you're all on zoom. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm on, did you say, I'm, am I on zoom? Yeah. Do you do, you do your oh, courses on yes. zoom? Yeah, I do actually do um, pretty much all of my sessions, even long before any of this stuff happened in the world were all online because uh, I just feel, Distance. pardon? Distance is a big one. Well, distance is a big one because I have had clients that have been in the UK or Bali or Portugal or whatever it may be, you know, yeah. um, but it's also just, it's great for my boundaries because I can time keep better. Um, you know, and if they come to my house, it's okay if they're a friend of mine, but you know, this is my home and you know, it's, it's, and it works just as well online as it does in person. So in yeah. fact, online, I'm far more um, present in that moment because I'm, you know, I'm I'm looking at a computer screen. You're right there on that computer. If I walk away, you can't hear me. Whereas yeah. if you're in, in my house, I'm probably going to say, oh, I'm getting a glass of water or a cup of tea. Did you want one? And next thing you know, you start talking about the weather and you've gone off course, you know? So yeah. I really, I really keep the on uh, the at-home ones for close friends and family. So obviously here... I asked a famous question. Do you have a favourite spiritual wisdom or quote, Jackie? <laughs> I think last time I said that it, you know, everything's about just loving yourself, didn't I? And little did I know that I was about to go on a very deep dive into all the places <laughs> that I did not love myself yet. <laughs> and yeah, as right. always, you give out advice that is actually what is you need for yourself, you know? Um mm-hmm. Now I would just say, yeah, oh, God, I'm going to sound like Roxette. Listen to your heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say now, you know, do, do whatever you can to connect in with, with your heart because, honest to God, it will never steer you wrong. Um, and if you're not sure how to do that, get in touch with me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on, on that note, Jackie, I can help you. Yeah. <laughs> on, on that note, it's been lovely to catch up. Yes. And um, hopefully we'll do it again in another two years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. See ya. See ya. 
See, I told you it would be a great chat and I did not lie to you. You know what else I wouldn't lie about? Meditation. You know why? Because it's bloody awesome and it changes your life. And that's like the bare minimum that it does. So if you haven't yet done a Learn to Meditate course and been taught how to properly access this deeper state of awareness, you know, you do some meditation, some guided stuff online or some apps or, you know, but apps can't answer questions. They can't take you past the the intricacies of the mind that try to snag you and keep you from getting to this place uh, and have the direct experience of self, what they call yoga, where the individuality merges in union with the cosmic self. And this is easily attainable. It's not some kind of distant thing. You have to go and travel to the Himalayas and find a guru and go through the process of being initiated and then cleaning the temple for eight years before they'll actually teach you anything. No, you just come, you speak to me, do my three-day course, do straight away. You get the direct experience of yoga, moving yourself from a state of thinking into deeper and deeper, deeper states of awareness, rest the body, repair from deep-seated stress and fatigue that can't be accessed, that don't get accessed in our sleep state, and that prevent us from really living connected to our soul. It sounds like a lot, but it's effortless and it's easy. Even if you think, oh, I can't do meditation because I think too much, that's perfect because this technique uses the mechanics of thinking in order to take you into deeper states of awareness. It's actually the nature of the mind to seek greater fields of happiness. That's why when the mind is facing outwards into the world, we're always seeking to find something better. We're always like trying to achieve something more to get more stuff because the mind is on the hunt for something better. It doesn't matter what we've got. It's fine to be grateful for what we've got but the mind is always seeking seeking more happiness. Where's more? Ha- is it in that person? Is it in this activity? Is it in this experience? Is there more happiness to be found? The mind is constantly seeking it. Now, when we turn our attention inwards, the mind moves into deeper states of awareness. And in the mind, on the inside, when we, when we turn inwards, the mind finds that the deeper states of awareness are where are where the greater field of happiness is. It's much greater the deeper it goes within than it is out here. And so by strategically targeting this deep state of awareness, we begin to realize that this state of awareness is what we actually are. And then we begin to live it with our eyes open, which gives rise to greater happiness because we're bringing that field into the outside world seems like a crazy idea doesn't it but you know it's 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 magic <laughs> it's straight science it's yogic science very simple everyone can do it anyone can do it doesn't matter about your age or well, kind of does you've got to be over like 16 to practice there's no point practicing before you're really developed. So from 16 to 100, doesn't matter about your age, doesn't matter about how smart you think you are, doesn't matter how good you think you look, doesn't matter if you're anything. There's no boundary to 
anyone can do this. As long as you can think, you can practice this technique. Possibly, um, I don't know how to teach deaf people. That's that's a one little clause. If you're listening to this and you're a deaf person, I don't yet have have the knowledge to teach you how to meditate. Although now that I think about it, I would love to learn how to teach deaf people how to meditate. So I'm going to find out about that. But basically anyone <laughs> that can think can practice this technique and connect to their deepest nature, their true self, easily, every day. And the more we have this experience, repeated experience of connecting to this deeper state, coming back out and comparing notes, this is what I'm experiencing out here, This is what I experience at the depth of meditation. And then how can I integrate the two so I'm living my deepest nature with my eyes open, which can only lead to more happiness, love, connection, growth, belonging. And this is, as some would say, the purpose of life. So if you're looking for purpose, then Look no further than within, you know, establish yourself and then bring yourself to the world. And that's purpose. Anyway, I've talked too much, but um, if you'd like some more information, go to spiritualtrady at gmail.com, send me an email and we'll organize a time to have a little uh, 15 minute chat about it or organize a time to do the three day course. Pretty simple. Um, on Zoom, so I can reach all the way around the world. That's like some reach right there, all the way around the world. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. And then also, obviously, weekly group meditations. You have free access for like the rest of ever. So don't delay. Uh, hit me up at spiritualtrady at gmail.com and let's get it done.